0: Well, good morning, everybody. Good morning. Oh, really? It's the first time back in the building, and that's why we get good morning, everybody. Good morning. It is so good to see some of your faces here, and everybody joining us online. We welcome you as well. This is the first time, believe it or not, going live to Facebook and YouTube. So, whoop whoop! So, everybody at home, can yeah, say hello. <laughs> Bear with us, it's a whole new set of technology, software, so things are only going to get better and better. So just give us extra grace as we continue, okay? So for those of you who are here in the building, as you're able, stand with us. We are going to offer God our worship, who is ready to worship as we join together in spirit and in truth. Amen? (sighs) Two weeks turned into four months, you know? Hmm. So the call to worship this morning, Psalm 95.1 says, O come, let us sing to the Lord, and let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let's bring him glory this morning, shall we? i
1: raise a hallelujah in the presence of my enemies. Raise a hallelujah louder than the unbelief. Raise a hallelujah. My weapon is a melody. Raise a hallelujah. for me I'm, I'm going to
0: How many of you know that we hosted a VBX remotely? How many of you participated in VBX from home? How many of you helped with VBX from home? There's a few more hands, okay. Well, there's a song that we introduced for that, and we're gonna introduce it here this morning. It's super fun. If you're having trouble singing with your mask, I'm gonna let you participate with your hands. We're gonna clap, okay? And I hope you like the song, I'm gonna have some fun. Here we go. how good and how faithful God is. Let's meditate on that this morning together, shall we? of you, Father. Receive it as a beautiful, sweet incense. We welcome your spirit into this place. Move amongst us. Breathe amongst us. Anoint Steve as he speaks this morning. Soften our hearts to hear exactly what you want us to hear from you this morning. We just welcome you in. Be a part of our service, Father. We offer it to you in your precious name, and everybody here at home says, Amen.
2: Good morning, everybody. This is awesome. Like, hello to everyone at home too. You are loved. You are not forgotten. We're so thankful. I don't. I don't know about you guys. I've never thanked the Lord for technology quite like I have the last several months. We've been able to do youth group, VBX church, and now we get to continue to utilize it. But welcome. Good morning. Um, I'm Rob. I'm the student ministry director uh, here at Northview. Joined by.
3: Hello, I'm Kayla, and I'm the children's director, and yeah, happy to be here.
2: Uh, We just have a few things now that we're back in person. uh, I get to claim the part of Northview that is rightfully mine of the announcements on Sunday morning. It feels good to be back. Um, But in case you didn't know, don't be surprised. Uh, My wife's having a baby in a couple weeks, and what Kayla doesn't know is this is actually her training to be my replacement for when I'm gone, um, taking care of. Taking care of our son in a few weeks. So there you go. Uh, But hey, before we get started in the announcements, we did have one. uh, We don't have a slide for it. We do want to let you guys know that Snohomish County Parks got a hold of us, and they're shutting down all events for the remainder of the summer. That does mean Church in the Park for this year uh, is off. Um, It's a bummer because it just feels like we're always getting news of things we can't do. Now, if we find an alternative or there's something else we can do, we will let you know. But for right now, we want to let you know church in the park will not be happening but let's talk about a few things that are happening okay so for the last few months on sundays uh, following the message steve provides questions for your family for your small group to discuss as well as prayer points those are still uh, accessible just because we're not handing out paper bulletins they still exist you can go online there's a link in eNews, there's a link on on facebook and youtube it's there I believe in you guys. You can find it. If nothing else, go to the homepage and you will see it there. We want to encourage you when you go home or even on the drive home, pull those up and enjoy it together as a family.
3: Yes. All right. And if you have kids that are anywhere from kindergarten through fifth grade joining us here in the service today or at home Um, we do have a kids church online experience that they can participate with either um, during the main service here or at home and you just need an electronic device and then go to um, our website at mu.org and then there's actually the kids page or there's just a button um, on the homepage that you can go and access that Um, yeah
2: for our middle school and high school students we have been uh, for the last several weeks having our summer youth group back here in the parking lot. I'm so proud of the students that are choosing to come because they're following the the guidelines. If your family says, hey, we're not really ready for our our middle school or high school student to be part of that, I want you to know you have our blessing, that is totally fine. Um, No hard feelings, no judgment, be blessed in that. Uh, But wanted to let you know now that we're back in person here that that is going on Tuesdays, 6.30, to eight o'clock we are requiring masks students are bringing their own chairs uh, i've been very impressed with how they're doing um, overall as a group so just want to let you guys know of that uh, and that applies to recently graduated seniors as well you guys could always come and hang out with us too it'd be good to see you um, gentlemen on august 15th this is kind of crazy but we're going to pull off a men's breakfast all right it's going to be here so that there's lots of room to spread out we're ordering out and so it'll be brought in individual Uh, breakfast options and all of that information is on the website but we want to encourage you if that's something that you feel comfortable doing the the structure i'm told of it is very loose it's just a chance to come together and catch up just to spend some time with the gentlemen of the church for those of you that feel comfortable doing so i want to encourage you head online and you can sign up for that raj is right in the back of the room if you are here in person and he would be happy to answer any questions that you may have on that
3: all right and then also to just a quick thank you guys we have been so blessed by um our church family's generosity through this time and it's just been incredible to see the lord work through that and so um for today uh we aren't passing buckets but we do have options for tithing that you can give online um you can also uh add it into the um tithing boxes is that what you would call them yes and then you can also mail in too as well um uh, so i'm going to pass off the microphone to rob to pray for our tithe this morning
2: All right, let's pray. Lord, above all, we thank you for the incredible work that you have done uh, over the last few months, Uh, still reveling in the fact that getting the the loan and the capital campaign paid off in half the time. is absolutely extraordinary, and all credit for that goes to you. And we're thankful for the people who faithfully gave, who are obedient to you, Lord. And as we continue moving forward, um, I thank you for that sense of obedience here at Northview bless this congregation, Lord. Bless bless our time here this morning. Amen. All right. No ushers, no buckets. Steve, come on up.
4: So if you like the screen and stuff reading, that'll come back later. Every church in the universe is ordering the same things. So good morning. How are you? At home? How are you? Good to see you. I like this. It's pretty cool, right? It vibrates when I sing, it's kind of weird, like kind of, and this I look swanky, right? So that's good. Hey, uh, so we're adjusting again, and uh, uh, some of us are, are here and some of us are at home, and uh, welcome back everybody, no matter which place you're in. We say hi to the Chews in Utah this morning, they're visiting Colson, so that's great. Uh, and I just want to say, it's a, uh, let's just give each other grace uh, in this whole matter, uh, kind of following Romans 14, uh, I'll, I'll borrow from that. It says, uh, we're no more spiritual if we attend church or if we choose to stay home, which is weird. Have you ever said that before? Can you imagine a pastor saying that? Hey, it's spiritual if you stay home. Like, what? So, right, we're in a different day, different age. But um, just let each family, each, each person, uh, be fully convinced in their own mind uh, that this is what the Holy Spirit has given you freedom to do right? And we'll operate that together. And then let's not quarrel over opinions or options. Uh, let's just pursue what makes for peace. And as Paul says, so this is Pastor Steve loosely paraphrasing Paul. Uh, it would go like this, he who attends, attends in honor of the Lord, and he who stays home, stays home in honor of the Lord. So we will, we will flex and roll with both and do, bo- do well together. Also, this is normally the Sunday we do communion, and uh, we were going to have communion and then at home, right, get the ailments. Uh, but then we were going to move it to Church in the Park because we thought that would be a great place to have communion. And then Church in the Park got canceled on Friday. So we haven't adjusted well yet. So if you give us grace, we'll realign communion up and we'll give you a heads up, uh, e-news-wise, what we're doing. And, and we'll, come, we'll come back at that. So uh, So grab your Bibles if you've got them. We're in our our series with the Psalms, uh, Truth Versus Lies, which has been really good so far. And uh, this Psalm that we're in this morning, we're going to turn to Psalm 73, and uh, this is a good one. Uh, this Psalm caught my attention very early on when I first became a believer. And as I was reading through the Bible, you know that story, I, I was freaked out, I would never catch up, so I read through the Bible twice in six months, and one of the psalms that jumped out at me was this psalm, uh, probably because I had just come out of that background and was now on the other side of the coin, and I could look at both, and uh, it it really uh, caught me because it highlighted something I'm prone to and something that I can struggle with, and uh, I'm assuming, and hopefully not wrong, that if that's true of me, it will also be true of you. I hope I'm not the only one in the room, all right? So we'll walk We'll walk through it together. Um, But let's do a little review, all right? So we spent two weeks looking at God's steadfast love. We also talked about God's holiness, and we uh, talked about um, how the Psalms are just loaded with uh, that kind of affirmation. And um, God's steadfast love and faithfulness, we want to underline the point that His blessings, His steadfast love and faithfulness, faithfulness are for those who've come, who've come to know him, who've come to love him. And for those who have not yet come under his authority uh, and protection, the invitation to everyone here at home, whatever, is to come and taste and see that the Lord is good. Come test him out. Come get to know him as a person. Come and lean into him and uh, find him. Jesus died for the sins of the whole world and that means everybody and all sin. And the, the, the claim, what the Bible says, is he will cast your sins away as far as the east is from the west, right? And that means that's a mental picture of simply they will be cast so far you won't be able to remember them anymore. That's a, that's a pretty fantastic picture. But for this to happen, you must come to him. You've got you've to connect to Him. Uh, not everybody will come to Him. Not everyone is going to turn to Him. Not everyone's going to surrender Him. Not everyone will choose Him. Not everyone will love Him. We, as a church, I, as your pastor, uh, beg you, if you are in that battle right now, you know the invitation is there, whether you're here or you're out there listening and you're watching and, and you've heard this before. You know it's been presented to you. And you're still on the outside. Then we beg you not to stay on the outside of Christ. That is if, if that is where you are presently find yourself, then our encouragement would be buckle your knee, right? Buckle your will, I'm sorry. Bend your knee and choose life. In other words, give in, yield, let him take over, not stubbornness. God cries out to you. In this scripture in Ezekiel, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked would turn from his way and live. Turn back, turn back from your evil ways, for why will you die, O house of Israel? And if that's true of Israel, that's also true for us. Right? God is calling, don't hang on to your stubbornness and your ways. Yield. I don't wish for anybody to die. So we are to anchor our souls on God's promises and on, on His steadfast love. But there are traps, and we can get hooked because there's a liar, and He can deceive us. And Psalm 73 captures the reality of this in an incredibly insightful way. So before we go into that, would you join me in prayer here at home? Let's pray and give the service to the Lord. Father, we, we come this morning grateful that we're at least able to open the doors, very cognizant and aware that a number of us can't come, very cognizant and aware it's awkward for some of us to be here, and that we are both here and absent at the same time. Father, that's not an obstacle, that's not a hurdle for you. You can be everywhere, at every moment, at every time. You are omnipresent. You are not thrown by any of this, and so for those here, And for those at home, both, we can experience your manifest presence. And we seek that. We seek that this morning, Lord, as we run through this psalm that uh, for centuries has captivated the minds and attentions of people with the battle between good and evil, the battle between the godly and the ungodly, and the the consternation, the frustration that we, the godly, sometimes run into. We seek you to walk through this this morning, ask permission for you to join us and that you would be the most honored guest and that you would highlight things by your spirit that would stand out uh, to each of us and we seek you for that in your name. Amen. All right. Okay, so first, let's start with a paradigm. All right, a paradigm is simply a perception filter. It's the way we look at things or how we look at something. And so we're going to look this morning, if you will. The Psalms are a genre of scripture that uh, is known as wisdom literature. So you have the Psalms, you have Proverbs, uh, there's several other ones that kind of paint a, a certain picture, uh, if you will. And the dominant theme of the wisdom literature is simply this. Uh, it is obey God or disobey God, right? Those two big headings. If you read, if any of you have read through Psalms, if you've read through Proverbs, you know that's true, Right? Here's what happens if you obey God. Here's what happens if you disobey. If you obey God, good things happen. If you disobey God, bad things happen. If you obey God, you will be blessed. If you disobey God, you will be cursed. If you obey God, you will be wise. If you disobey God, you'll be what the Bible calls a fool. If you, UM, Obey God, you'll be loved. If you disobey God, you'll be hated. If you obey God, you will prosper. If you disobey God, you will suffer loss. Anybody familiar with that? Having read through, right? This is, yeah, okay. I, can't, I can see your eyes. I can't see your smile, so you're throwing me off. All right. Uh, there's a lot more to the Psalms with, uh, that, that uh, is full of this kind of expression. Uh, if you look at Psalm 11, Uh, If you hold your finger in Psalm 73 and go to Psalm 11 real quick, look, we'll have it up on the screen too, but it says this, The Lord is in His holy temple. The Lord's throne is in heaven. His eyes see, His eyelids test the children of man. The Lord tests the righteous, but His soul hates the wicked and the one who loves violence. Let Him rain coals on the wicked, fire and sulfur and scorching wind. That's pleasant, right? Yeah. Uh, Shall be the portion of their cup. For the Lord is righteous, he loves righteous deeds, and the upright will behold his face. This is just one snippet of what you can find all through Psalms and Proverbs as an expression. So the picture that's painted here, starting out this morning, is pretty clear. Uh, Obey, good things will happen. Disobey, bad things will happen. But the psalmist, if you look at the heading, at the title of 73, It tells you that the guy who wrote this is a a dude named Asaph. All right? And uh, we are going to look at Asaph next week. It's a fascinating picture. But just for now, note that's who the psalmist is. He's struggling with something. Something's bugging him. Uh, Something's got him agitated, uh, making him stumble. And the question is, what is it? So, like I said, we're going to look through one set of lenses this week and then. Uh, another set of lenses next week. But for this week, let's take a look together and see what we find. S- find. Psalm 73 starts like this. It says, truly God is good to Israel, to those who love, to those who are pure in heart. He's affirming all the stuff we covered over the last three weeks about God's steadfastness, God's faithful love, God's holiness, all of that. And, and th- but then here comes the stumble. Look at the stumble here. But as for me, starting in verse 2, but as for me, my feet had almost stumbled. My steps had nearly slipped. Why? For I was envious of the arrogant when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. What's causing the problem? Well, the problem is the wicked are prospering. That's not what's supposed to be happening. They're supposed to be down in the ditch struggling and the righteous up there oh i will help you oh struggling wicked person here look come my and you can have my life this way uh, and that's not happening lightning um, wasn't striking them dead not only were they prospering but they were getting away with it like what okay they were sticking their noses up at god and nothing seemed to be happening and here's the real issue they had some things that the psalmist secretly desired himself. There was some stuff that he went, you know, it wouldn't be too bad to have some of that stuff. And it really ticked him off that the wicked were prospering financially, and because of that, they were able to get some of the stuff that the psalmist couldn't. The paradigm that we talked about earlier Uh, wasn't working as a matter of fact it actually seemed to be working in reverse it was going backwards good things were happening to those who were disobeying god and bad things were happening to those who were following god like what is going on with this whole thing the humble were getting stomped and the arrogant were getting away with bloody murder you ever been there you can hide behind your mask this morning, I can, right? <laughs> you ever been there, right, where all the good things in life, the raises, the promotions, the cars, the trucks, the homes, the fancy vacations, the boats, the house on the lake, fine dining, the jewelry, money in the bank, the good breaks, and even better luck, all seem to be going to people who have blatantly thrown God's rules to the ground. They've just kind of chucked it behind them and taken off. And you, yeah, yes, you. You, faithful, true, honest and loyal, sold out and surrendered, seem to run into nothing but problems and distresses and difficulties and tough times. What in the heck is going on here? This is messing me up. Come on, honest moment. Have you ever gotten mad at God and accused him of crookedness, right? Not being able to even stick to his own game plan? False advertising, not holding true to his promises? As you can see with the psalmist, it can twist, right? You can hear it. You call this love? Pretty pathetic way to show it. Maybe you're not even really there. Maybe I imagined this whole thing. Maybe I was dumb enough to buy it. And if you are, you sure don't seem to be listening. If this is the abundant life you promised, you and your promises are a joke. Now, we would never say that openly or publicly, or especially in church. But our hearts can think that stuff, or in that vein or that theme. Okay. I've read your word, prayed my prayers, gone to church. When I could have slept in, tithed my tithe, served others, and I can barely make ends meet. And and look at them. Them! Look at them. Yes, them. Right? Kind of a princess bride thing. They've walked away from you. They have disobeyed you. They have not honored you, and they blatantly disrespect you. And they are flourishing think i'm kidding look at where the psalm goes read the psalm start in verse four for they have no pangs until death their bodies are fat and sleek they are not in trouble by the way that's opposite of our culture right that was a sign that you had a wealth and enough food to eat okay and you weren't uh, emaciated that that sign was that you had wealth so that's a little different than today they're not in trouble as others are they're not stricken Like the rest of mankind, therefore pride is their necklace; violence covers them as a garment. Their eyes swell out through fatness. That's an interesting picture, right? Bulge, kind of thing. Their heart overflows with follies. They scoff and speak with malice. Loftily they threaten oppression. They set their mouths against the heavens, and their tongue struts through the earth. That's a interesting, cool phrase. Their tongue struts through the earth. Therefore as people turn back to them and find no fault in them. And they say, how can God know? Is there knowledge with the Most High? Behold, these are the wicked, always at ease. They increase in riches. You can tell it is annoying the psalmist to death here. He is really irritated. He said they're, they're healthy. They're, they're well fed. They don't have any pains. That is until death. Pause that one for just a minute. We'll come back to that one. Um, but they, they seem to be coasting through life without a care in this world. And, and any plan that they come up with, no matter how outrageous, it works, it succeeds. Like, you've got to be kidding me. Remember last week when we talked about not grieving the Holy Spirit? And it was tied to the use of our tongues. Notice here, uh, you can see it here again. It says they use their tongue maliciously. In other words, they use their tongue like a sword. They just chop and hack to get whatever they want to get. They threaten opposition. They're bullies, right? They we say they throw their weight around. They strut. Okay, that means they're proud. We old saying is proud as a peacock, right? That would be one of that. They are supremely and arrogantly confident in their position and their victory. The result, as a result of this, what happens? What what starts to engaging? Well, what happens is these people are doing this and believers over here are watching them and going, you know what, I think I'll join them. It doesn't seem that the consequences the Bible said are there are really true. I think I'll just join them. And so they... They don't see any, believers don't see any divine judgment. And so what do they do? They walk away from God. And they throw their hat in with the godless. Instead of finding no fault with God, they start finding no fault with the wicked. You know what? That seems like a pretty good way to operate. I think I'll get me some. All right. How can God know? does he can he really see this i don't think so does he man doesn't seem so what is this by the way what's going on here this is um this is a lie of course right and it's old as old as mankind itself uh it must be okay look they're doing it and getting away with it what parent hasn't heard the line but mom and dad everybody's doing it right And that's what's going on here with the psalmist. So Israel walked away. Pretty sure that God didn't really know what was going on. Or if he did, he really couldn't do anything about it. And today, we, the United States of America, are doing the exact same thing that Israel did. We are looking at the godless and saying, I want what they got. And so we're walking away from God. We've bought the lie hook, line, and sinker, and here's the lie, that Satan, the world, and sin know how to meet our needs better than God does. And it's really just trading short-term gain for long-term pain. Okay, If you match that up against eternity, it doesn't stack very well. But in the immediate, we trade. Sin does have its pleasures, but only for a season. The Apostle John would remind us... Uh, Remember what he said, this, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, and the pride of life, right? That's the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the boastful pride of life. That was the old way of saying it, right? It's a lusting after factor. Said, is not from the fathers, but from the world. And the world is passing away along with its desires, but whoever does the will of God abides. The psalmist knows better, but he doesn't care anymore. You ever known the right thing to do, but you really didn't care anymore? Right? You just kind of, add ah, whatever. Pfft, I'm just going to do it anyways. That's kind of where he's at. He's stuck right there. He's right on the brink of caving in to this whole deception of selling out, of, of bailing. Right? Just, I'm out of here. Of walking away from God. How do we know this? Well, listen to this wine of self-pity. It's actually self-pity. Here it is. Look at this. All in vain I have kept my heart clean. Oh, woe is me. And wash my hands in innocence. For all day long I've been stricken and rebuked every morning. What's he saying here? Let's put this into English. All these things I've done for you, Yahweh. In our case, it would be Jesus, Right? You know what, Jesus, all the things I've done for you, have you appreciated them? Do you know what it's cost me? It's been a joke. All my knowledge and wisdom has turned into nothing but madness and folly. It's all dust in the wind. My reward, and you can hear the bitterness here in it, is being stricken and rebuked. That's what I get. It sounds like the oldest son in the parable of the prodigal son, doesn't it? Go back and read that, uh, and you'll see the same kind of attitude and tone. I've been stricken and rebuked every morning. Every morning. You can hear the case building, right? He's building a case here. Here's all the reasons why it's okay for me to do this. And here comes now the linchpin in the whole psalm. Uh, This is fantastic right here. Right Right before... I mean, as he is about to go over the edge of the Niagara Falls of sin, he stops. He stops in verse 15, and it reads like this. Look at what it says. If I had said, I will speak thus, or if I had said this, or if I, if I had spoken it this way, I would have betrayed the generation of your children. Uh, We'll find out next week. Asaph was a spiritual leader in the nation of Israel and he's realizing if I had done that, I would have taken a whole bunch of people down with me. Man. He almost stumbled, but he didn't. And even at that, it was hard for him to reconcile. His thoughts were muddy. His motives are complicated. Actions are paralyzed. Look at how he captures this in words. In verse 16. But when I thought of how to understand this, it seemed like a wearisome task to me. In other words, I couldn't find my way through the rat nest. I, I, just, I, tried to, I just kept getting muddled. Um, I'm trying to untangle these conflicting ideas and emotions. It just seems like an impossible... It's just, he says, wear me out. Man, I'm exhausted. Can anybody here this morning or for us at home, uh, can any of us relate to this state of affairs? I've been there, done that, right? I think that's pretty human. Trying uh, to sort out fact from truth is immensely difficult in our culture. Everything is such a mess, everything is so convoluted, so many angles, so many opinions, so many sources. But for the psalmist, clarity does come. A harbor, a a place of safety emerges from the fog. Insight is granted. All of this is massively messed up until when? Look at verse 17. Until, until I went into the sanctuary of God. Then I discerned their end. Said he was ready to crash. He was ready to give it up. He was ready to capitulate. He was ready to throw in the towel. He was ready to just let her go and whoop. And he caught himself why? He went back to the Lord. The idea here of the sanctuary is uh, he went back to the Lord. It says, none of this made sense what? until I went into the sanctuary of the Lord. That until is one of the biggest untils in the Bible. Okay. I was ready to do this, I was ready to cave until. What's the until? He was rolling, he'd convinced himself, he was leaning, he was already one toe across the line. He was building a full head of steam. He was ready to chuck everything he invested in the kingdom of God and leave it uh, all for what he saw other people doing and things they were getting away with until. What caused such a sudden, dramatic slamming on of the brakes? You ever done one of those in your life? Right? I better repent. He had spent time with God. It says he went into the sanctuary of God. He got next to God. He sat, he pondered, he prayed, he read the Word. You know, they did do that back in the Old Testament, right? That's not just a New Testament phenomena. They did spend time in the Word. They had the Torah. And if you've ever read the first five books, you know that you can pull powerful stuff out of there. And I just want to say again this morning, right? Brothers and sisters in Christ, family, um, there is almost nothing you can do that is more important than spending time with God in his word. Why? Because what it does is it gets you to think the way God thinks. It gets you to think in his mindset. It gets you to know his heart. It tips when you're, It tips back when you've been tipped over. It writes what's been twisted. It straightens out and you go, oh, that's right. I forgot about that. The Word is just really powerful. I want to encourage us, again, to: if COVID has messed us up and we've gotten way out of line, way off track, and we were going to read through this year and we didn't, just jump back in. You know, if you jump back in right now, it's July, you can still read through the Bible this year. You can jump in right now and read through the New Testament twice before the end of the year. That is incredibly valuable and powerful. Why do we need to do that? Because it provides the until. Does that make sense to us? It provides the until. See, you can't see sin for what it is until. And you can't see your own selfishness until. You stay blind until. You can't see the trap until. And you can't see the deception until. Until what? Until the Holy Spirit opens the word of God for you and you eyes are able to see it. The psalmist's eyes were open, and suddenly, again, brake slamming on, whoo, right? You ever done one of those? Brake slamming on, he could see it. What could he see? He could see the, their end. Remember, it says they have no pains, they go through life. He said, until death. And all of a sudden, he started to understand the big picture. Look at verse 18. <clears throat> he saw the end, and it was terrifying. Truly, you set them in slippery places, and you make them fall to ruin. How they are destroyed in a moment, swept away utterly by terrors. Like a dream when one awakes, O Lord, when you rouse yourself, you despise them as phantom. Slippery places. Right? You set them in slippery places. Anyone listening this morning ever been in a slippery place? You ever had slippery thoughts? right? And once you go down, it's really hard to come back out? Here it's saying that the life of sin is a slippery place. And when the fall comes, it comes so fast, and so suddenly, there's no way to escape. You're caught like we would say, like a rat in a trap. You can't get out. It's utter ruin. And what good is it, says the Bible, if a man gains the whole world and yet loses his soul? Okay. I've had many a person tell me, you know what, Steve, I know that's true, and I, I know the kingdom's real, but I, I want to build something. And I'm going to chuck it all, and I'm going to go build. I'm going to build an empire. And I said, well, good luck. Before God, the wicked become, and the word here is phantoms. We would use the word ghost. In other words, they're not solid anymore. They're not, they, they don't have anything substantial to them. They are kind of just a mist. Crushed, ruined, shattered, destroyed in a moment. What's the effect on the psalmist when he suddenly realizes this? Look at verse 21. When my soul was embittered. In other words, he admits... He got bitter over this whole thing. He was bent out of shape. He was hacked. And so he's saying, when I was embittered, when I was pricked in heart, that's a a good phrase. When I was pricked in my heart, I was, and look at how he describes this. I was brutish and ignorant. I was like a beast towards you. This is actually an apology. Okay, you may not read it that way, but this is an apology. What the psalmist is saying is, I can now see it for what it was. Yikes! I was nuts. I was like a madman before you. I was way out of bounds. Man, I got bent out of shape over this whole thing. In English, how could I have been such an idiot? (laughs) Right? (laughs) Have you ever done that? When you've blown it with the Lord and look back and go, how could I have been such an idiot? Lord, I'm so sorry. I was acting more like an animal than one of your children. I was acting and treating you very badly. And then the psalmist now, back in his right mind and on the right track, extols the steadfast love and faithfulness of God. Why? Because he can see it again. God is good and good all the time. God's a good father. God is steadfast and faithful. God is holy. He sees it all again. What does he say? Nevertheless, despite the fact that like I was an animal before you, nevertheless, I am continually with you. Why? Because of God's faithfulness, not my faithfulness. You hold my right hand. The right hand is a symbol of power that won't let you go. You guide me with your counsel and afterward... You will receive me to glory. And one of the most famous phrases in the Bible Whom have I in heaven but you? He starts to realize the treasure that is the Lord himself. And there is nothing on earth that I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. You know what he's trying to say here? Here's what he's trying to say in in language we would understand Jesus, you know what? You're enough. You're enough. I don't need the other stuff. I've been nuts. I've been crazy. I've been chasing after. You know what? Stop. Jesus, you're, you're your own reward. I get you. I got the best. That's what I need to get. And that's what I want. I don't need all the stuff if I have you. And God is bigger than my failures. Do You notice that in this, he doesn't lose a sense of salvation because he says, and you're going to take me up at the end. And I'll be caught up with you. That's the great hope, right? God is bigger than my failures. God is bigger than my sin. God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Therefore, he once again declares with strength and confidence now, because he's thinking right again, for behold, those who are far from you shall perish. You put an end to everyone who is unfaithful to you. But, it, but for me, it is good to be near God. I have made the Lord God my refuge, that I may tell of all of your works. What's the take-home point? Ah, it really is true, the big picture. Those who are far away from you will perish. And therefore, I better stick close. And what's the teaching point? They will perish, but when? Not just right now. Okay? Everything didn't change in the kingdom. We'll find this out next week. We'll, we'll add a layer to this that will make this just go pow, okay? So come back next week. Tune in next week. Uh, we'll take a look at another layer, but um, just not right now. Everyone who is unfaithful to God will come to their end. That was true then. It's true today. Again, just not right now. If you've been, God, I want to see the wicked punished, you probably aren't going to get an answer to that prayer you probably get a better answer to the prayer of, Lord, I'd like to see the wicked saved. Again, God has a wonderful way of taking his worst enemies and making them his best friends. That's a great way to pray. The psalmist's own uh, personal takeaway, here's the takeaway. It was good for me to be near God. It was good for me to spend time with God. It was good for me to stop and listen because it got me turned around. God, you're my refuge, not my stuff. And that's a powerful, powerful lesson for us this morning as we are contemplating that Psalm 73 is all about the envy of the wicked and what they're getting away with and saying, you know what? You can have all that stuff. I'd rather have Jesus. Jesus is enough. He's my reward. You know, if you think about it, that's what church is really all about, right? Whether we're here or at home, It doesn't matter. The question is, is Jesus enough for you this morning? Let's pray. Father, thank you for this psalm and thank you for running through it. I hope it made sense. I hope it connected. I pray it's something you can use to pinprick our thoughts, Lord, on places where we're drifting, places where we're being sloppy in our obedience, places where um, we're allowing things we know we shouldn't allow, Places, Lord, where we're saying, yeah, really the wicked are the blessed ones. Uh, God, you don't know how to take care of your people. We pray that your spirit can work with that this morning and, and use it. And may we have a great conversation with that. And we seek you for that in your name. Amen. Amen. I'm going to invite you to
0: stand as you're able. If you're home, you're welcome to stand as you're able. We're going to sing one that you should all know. All the poor and powerless, we know that even though life can be hard here on earth, like Steve was saying, those people who may seem to be winning now, one day every tongue will confess that what? That Jesus Christ is Lord. And we look forward to that day with great hope. So sing this song with us.
1: All the poor and powerless And all the lost and lonely All the thieves will come confess
0: we thank you so much for an opportunity to come together and join in song and in adoration and worship of you, to hear from you, to dissect part of the Psalms and your word, and to, to dig a little deeper, Lord, and to hear from you this morning. I just give you so much thanks and praise for this opportunity. I give you thanks that so we have an amazing opportunity to be here together to worship both in spirit and in spirit. For those of you who cannot be here and those of you who are, it's just such a special, special time, Lord, and I thank you for your presence and your spirit that is here this morning. I ask that you give us strength and steadfastness as we hold tight to you as we stay on that beautiful and straight and narrow path. We ask that you come alongside and hold us right where you want us to be, Lord. We give it to you and we offer ourselves to you as living sacrifices. All of you who agree would join me in saying, amen. Church, you are dismissed. Go
1: with the presence of the Lord this morning.